Well, hello, listeners, and welcome to the Heal the Sick podcast. Million here with you, M-I-L-L-I-A-M. I am your ministry firebrand, iconoclast, provocateur, and resident heretic here at Dominion Fire, as some people have told me for some reason. I don't know. Imagine believing that God is actually good and, you know, wants his people happy and blood. Imagine that, right? It makes me a resident heretic. I proudly wear the badge. Thanks for joining us today here on the Heal the Sick podcast. We're continuing our hustle for 2016. We're continuing on the hustle. Joining me by Skype and phone today, I got to tell you, this episode, you're going to want to really listen to this one. There's obviously something in all of this that the enemy really doesn't want you to hear because for about an hour, my guest and I have been fighting through technical problems, recording problems, Skype problems, you name it. And uh, he's been super patient and kind through all this. And we're excited to hear this. He's got something big. So brace yourselves. It's coming. Joining me by phone today from remnantoffire.com, referring to a remnant of believers that stay on fire regardless of the culture. He's an evangelist originally from the Gold Coast of Australia, currently in Denmark. And after a stint of about 11 months in the U.S. and Canada, he is here today to share his testimonies and his stories. Matthew Morton. Matthew, welcome to the Heal the Sick podcast. How are you, my brother? I'm doing incredible. Yeah, thank you so much for hanging with us. I appreciate it. And uh, there's obviously something big and good coming on today. So let's get right into it. Um, We open our first segment always with healing testimonies. So what kind of healing testimony can you share? Something big, something huge? Flip my people out. What do you got? Yeah, well, um, the, the start of the testimony is that God spoke to me when I was in Australia and told me to go to America. And then a lady calls me and she says, I want you to go to America. God spoke to me and clearly said that you need to go to America. So I literally bought a plane ticket having not one invitation and not one connection whatsoever. And uh, I did the whole West Coast. And the interesting miracle healing story that happened is what exploded the the invitation. Uh, And that was that I was in British Columbia. I got an invitation from a lady I met at Bethel, California to speak in British Columbia in the capital city, Victoria, on Vancouver Island. And a blind man came forward for prayer amongst others. And uh, we were putting oil on people's heads and praying for everyone and anyone. And we just said, look, in the name of Jesus, I just say that these eyes should open. In the name of Jesus, Lord, touch him with the power of the Holy Spirit and just said all the kind of things you would normally pray. And then suddenly this blind man says, I can see light. I can see light. And he's this old man and he's this very kind, softly spoken man. And he starts looking around the church and uh, he says, the light, the light, the light, it's coming in all over. And people were saying, what do you mean? He goes, well, I'm medically blind. When I came in this church, all I could see was black. And right now I'm seeing shafts of light coming in all over. And he was seeing the the light from the sun through the windows. And uh, I knew that God wasn't going to half heal this man. I knew this was going to be a full healing. And I walked up to him and I stared him in the face and I said, tell me, what can you see now? And he had that little bit of extra boost of faith and he said, I can see your face. And he started describing what my face looks like. And then he turned to the lady next to me and started to describe what her face looked like. And that blind man can see to this day. Nice. That is so cool. Now, all right, so blind eyes are, are huge. I, I have personally not seen a blind eye. I've had deaf ears open, but not the actual blind eye. But 
Um, on this trip, you were telling me that you had all kind of crazy healings. You were saying that you just saw amazing, I mean, it's 11 months of this kind of stuff. So what, what else you got? Give us some more good stuff. What do you, what can you share? Oh, well, the amazing thing was, is that started opening up invitations to churches all over Canada. And we put together a fire team and we called it the firestorm team. And we started traveling right across the country. And, um, one interesting thing was we went to the first nations, which are the native Indians. And uh, we went to an island called Flores Island where the Ahousit band live. And uh, I won't give out any names of any of the people or anything specific, but um, the head chief and the second in charge chief and then a lot of the community came out to these meetings. And um, we would pray for the sick like we always do and preach the gospel with power and demonstration. And uh, he broods over his word to perform it. So when you give the spoken word that people are going to be healed by the power of God tonight, he broods over that word to perform it. And we had a lady with double hernias come up. We no no falling on the ground, no sudden power hitting her. She just literally just went back. No one knew she was healed. Went and had a CT scan. That wasn't a healing. It was a miracle. The double hernia was not there. It had literally disappeared. Three deaf ears opened up on that island. And the chiefs gave their life to Jesus. And... Uh, that when we did the altar call to come forward, the whole crowd came forward to receive Jesus. And then we obviously continued to travel through the First Nations reserves, just doing evangelism, holding evangelistic meetings. And we would literally just go from house to house like they did in the Bible, knocking on their doors and inviting them out to our meetings to hear the gospel. And then as you were working with the First Nations, for instance, a lot of the native cultures around the world, but especially here in North America, have some very interesting views of, you know, their faith and things they believe in and spirits and things like that. What did you find was their reception to a lot of this? Was Were, were they kind of open to it from the beginning? Were they a little standoffish? How did you, how, how was the approach in general? Yeah, well, something I didn't, wasn't aware of, because coming from Australia, we don't know anything about the natives from USA or um, Canada. It's totally foreign to us. What I didn't realize is their traditional beliefs don't actually fully conflict with Christianity in their view. So they already believed in God. So when you come and you say, God, you know, loves you, they go, yeah, I, I believe in God. So they don't actually see it as a threat coming to convert them. A lot of them actually see it as we already believe in God and they're open to receiving more revelation. So it's a great ministry to reach because um, they were just so open to the power and the demonstration of the kingdom of heaven. And uh, Jesus, you know, obviously teaches us to show heaven, not to just talk about heaven, to actually demonstrate what heaven is like right now. So now that you've had an opportunity to minister in U.S. and Canada, and now you're over in Europe, what are you finding as far as cultural differences? Do you find that it's basically all the same around the world? Do you have to take a different approach in you know Europe as you would in Canada or the U.S. or anything like that? Or um, how do you approach it in different peoples and cultures? Yeah, so uh, one of the things you would see is that in Europe, there's a lot of old-fashioned religions, and uh, they're not quite as charismatic. So uh, definitely, we, we don't want to put in too much hype um, with the Europeans. Uh, we want to pray for the sick. We want to see them baptized in the Holy Spirit with fire. We want to see all, all the miracles, but uh, you don't come in with that sort of that hype that you could probably get away with in a West, you know, like in, in America, because... Um, 
they're a little bit more down to earth. Like the Aussies and the Canadians, they see eye to eye a lot and they say, yeah, we're very down to earth. We're very down to earth. In other words, they're not really into the, the hyping something up more than it needs to be already. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And uh, what healings have you seen over in Europe as opposed to North America? Yeah. Well, um, the, the healings, like one of the ones that we saw um, – I mean, I, I was actually um, working with another evangelist who um, sees blind eyes open up and he prayed for this guy in Scotland who was, uh, he'd won the World Bagpipe Championships and then he'd got arthritis, his hands had gone completely crippled over and he couldn't play anymore. And then what happened was this guy, this evangelist prayed for him and his fingers and hands opened up and he went back to winning the World Championships for the Bagpipe Contest. Now, they published that to over 50 million readers that this boy had been healed from arthritis that had actually crippled him and ruined his, his musical talents. And uh, the newspaper said, we, we don't want to put Jesus in there. We don't want to say that Jesus healed you. And he said, if you don't put in there that Jesus healed me, you can't have the story at all. And so they put it in the story. Wow. How cool is so, that? So Europe, yeah, it's just amazing because we go into places where you feel like, oh, Gonna be any miracles tonight? The people don't seem that hungry, and then you pray for someone. And um, you know, one of these meetings, to watch someone's leg grow back in Australia, not not just like the shoe moved a centimeter, like so many of those kind of miracles happen. I mean, you could actually hear the bone cracking as you watched the foot growing out. It was going crack, crack, crack. And I said to the lady on the floor, I said, "Do you realize your leg is making a cracking noise?" And she said, "No." I said, does it always do that? Because I didn't even know what was happening. And she goes, no, it never does that. And I said, look at your foot. It's making its cracking noise. And she looked at her foot and then suddenly she realized the reason she's on the floor is she's just been in a prayer line. And the reason her leg's cracking is because the bone is actually being reformed as the leg's growing out. Oh, wow. How nuts is that? It's so amazing. It's like watching a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so amazing because I, with these interviews, I hear so many stories from around the world and it's just, it, it never ceases to amaze me that no matter the people, no matter the culture, it all happens the same way with the same just amazement to it. And um, I, I just love it. And that's why we do this show. So we are up against our first break, Matthew, and uh, we're going to step out for just a second, but... Uh, Based on a previous testimony, in case you guys didn't know, I actually attended Juilliard Music School on a bagpipe scholarship. So I fully get what you actually know. All right, guys, we're going to step out for a minute. Million out here on Heal the Sec podcast right back after this. Hey, guys, Million here with you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Heal the Sick podcast. It is a pleasure to have you. Make sure you visit our website at dominionfire.com, our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash dominionfire. You can find me on Twitter at Healing Minister, and also make sure to visit, thumbs up, and subscribe to our vlog at youtube.com forward slash Dominion Fire Church, the D Fire vlog. Thanks for checking out this episode, and now back to our guest. And back on the Heal the Sick podcast, Million here with you. Also joining me, Matthew Morton, telling us amazing testimonies from his travels, also remnantofire.com. And uh, Matthew, you have an interesting story. You started alluding to it in the first segment, but let's dig deeper into that. So tell us about your background and experience and how you got into all this stuff. 
yeah. Well, I started with a relatively normal Christian life, going to church every Sunday for a few hours here and there, having a faith in Jesus. And I always wanted to know there's got to be more. I mean, if God had created this world so exciting and incredible, has any kind of a religion to follow of any kind or any kind of relationship, whatever you want to call it, wouldn't it be incredible and exciting like the world he created? So I always knew there was more. And so I would get hungry and start to seek God and start to have dreams of heaven and things like this. And I thought, wow, God's real. And when I was 12, I had this dream where I saw heaven and I thought to myself, you know what I need to do? I need to go to all the Christians and tell them that Jesus is actually real because I do not think that they know. And so I started to get uh, more interested in um, the kingdom of God. And um, over time, I started to see different miracles. And one of the substantial signs and wonders that I saw was um, I was asleep one night in the Gold Coast, Australia, and I heard the voice of God while I was literally asleep. So I was woken up to God's voice. And he said, wake up, get outside, stand on your balcony and look into the sky. So I did exactly that. I'm standing in my balcony. I'm looking into the sky and I literally see fire in the sky and it's not a dream or a vision. I'm actually seeing flames in the sky and I don't know what it is exactly. I'm thinking it's some kind of meteorite and as I'm watching it, it's coming towards me but way up and uh, it literally splits the sky in half with a trail of fire as far as the horizon. So the whole sky, I've just watched it split in half with actual fire from a meteorite. And I've never seen anything like it. And the fact that the audible voice of God told me to look at it, I knew this was a sign. And a sign points to something. You know, if you're driving to LA and you see a sign saying 500 miles to LA, that means soon you will be at that destination. Now, I believe that this was a sign as well of what God's pouring out on the earth right now. There's a fresh baptism of fire coming. People understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They say, yeah, I can speak in tongues. But when I received the baptism of fire, let me tell you, it was almost like a completely different experience. I actually felt hot flames inside of my chest moving like fire inside of me. I actually felt hot flames moving in my chest and burning for about 15 minutes when I was baptized in fire. And that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. There was actually flames, Holy Spirit fire. So... If uh, Now, for the listening audience, I'll uh, let you guys deconstruct this, but there's about seven types of baptisms, and water being one of them, and then fire being another one. Uh, what is the difference now? Because we hear that term, and it's something people like to throw around a lot with you know, baptism by fire and so on and so forth. So what is the difference? What makes it different from anything else, or what, what, what's the big deal? Great question. So John the Baptist was asked, are you the Messiah? And he said, I'm not even worthy to do up the sandals on the feet of the Messiah. He said, the one who's coming after me, he is so powerful. Now, keep in mind, John the Baptist at this point is saying he is nothing and Messiah is everything. So his whole point is based around how powerful Messiah is. Now, out of all the things he could have said to boast in the power of Jesus Christ, he chose to say this. The one that is coming after me is so powerful, he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. That is how John the Baptist defined the power of the Messiah, by the one who will baptize in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Interestingly enough, John the Baptist had never actually seen this happen in the flesh because the ministry of Jesus hadn't even really began yet. And uh, the only way he could have possibly known that is if God showed him the Messiah baptizing people in the Holy Spirit and with fire. 
Now, when there were disciples of Jesus, the 11 disciples, uh, after Judas has obviously done his betraying, when they actually received the Holy Spirit, it was not a one-time thing. There was two times in the Bible where they received the Holy Spirit with no fire. Jesus said, receive now the Holy Spirit. He blew his breath and they received the Holy Spirit. They were born again by the Holy Spirit. Most Christians who are saved have received the breath of the Holy Spirit or even been covered in the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit, but they have not yet tasted of his fire. Now, the only time, there's only one time in Scripture where the disciples receive fire, and it is the most intense visitation from the Holy Spirit that you can have. And it says, on the day of Pentecost, it says they were clothed with dunamis power from on high, Right. Baptizo, the Greek word, means every fiber of your being is soaked in that, in that fire. So they were fully baptized in the tangible fire of God, and it says they were literally clothed in dunamis, which is where we get today's word dynamite. They were clothed in explosive power of God. So why that's such a big deal is because if you don't have the firepower from the Holy Spirit, you won't be able to cast out demons. In fact, they won't even manifest because there's no power to drive them out. After I received the baptism of fire, I would walk into a church, whether it was one time it was a Salvation Army church, another time it would be a Pentecostal church, and I would be minding my own business, worshipping Jesus, and the person next to me would start manifesting a demon spirit because the fire of the Holy Spirit gives off such a light of Jesus Christ that it literally exposes any darkness around you, and people will just manifest because darkness cannot stay hidden when the light is too intense. All right. Now, now this is uh, interesting. couple things. Two, two questions I want to get to, and we'll probably go a little bit long in this segment. Number one. When you read that scripture about you'll be baptized in the spirit and fire. Now, let's in your understanding is spirit and fire one in the same as like two things describing the same instance, or is it there's a baptism of spirit and separately a baptism of fire? What That's a really for good our question list, for our listeners? What's the understanding that you have on that? Well, it's really clear. John the Baptist said he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. And you have to ask yourself the question, if they were coming one and the same, he would have said this, he will baptize you in Holy Spirit fire, but he didn't. That's like me saying, in Canada, I said, that's like me saying they'll baptize you in maple syrup and with butter. And they laugh because they know they love maple syrup. (laughs) And so by saying that joke, they understood the fact that if someone separates something, it's for a reason. It may not be the same thing. It may be a slightly different thing. So by saying he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire, he separated it. Because I believe John the Baptist had a prophetic vision or a dream where he saw Jesus baptizing people. And I believe sometimes he saw the Holy Spirit filling them. And other times he saw flames like fire coming upon the people. And that's why he separated it. He said he will have a ministry where he baptizes in the Holy Spirit and even with fire. And then what happened on the day of Pentecost? You could see fire above people's heads. A lot of people don't know this, but John G. Lake saw more healings than almost any single person in all of United States history. You know, 100,000 documented healings in Spokane. Do you know he preached exactly what I'm sharing right now? He had a vision where an angel spoke to him and opened a Bible in this vision and said, see the day of Pentecost where they were baptized in fire? He said, tell the church to pray and seek God's face and contend until they receive the same exact experience of fire that fell on Pentecost. An angel told this to John G. Lake. 
tell the churches to not give up until they have received this exact same fire. John G. Lake wrote that in his in his book, in his writings. And little do I know, like as far as I'm aware, that never happened. I never read any story where a church received fire, baptism of fire. There might have been a few instances that I'm not sure about. But don't you find that interesting that the person who healed the most sick was told by God to tell people to seek God for fire? So that leads me to the second question I have, and this is uh, this is more a practical thing because one thing that I kind of have a love-hate thing within ministry is I love hearing about cool things like this, but I hate the fact that a lot of times people don't tell you how to do it, and that I think cripples a lot of believers in moving forward. Now, what I mean by that is, is that you know we get this almost like a doubt thing. There's times where you say like I've cast out demons before, so but then I would say you know am I really baptized in the spirit? Am I really baptized? If there's even parts where in our walk we say you know am I even saved? You know we question ourselves with these things a lot of times. So when you're talking about this, it's like not every single person, not every believer can you know walk outside and see meteors splitting the sky because if every believer did that, it you know, everybody be flipping out and then whole other stuff would be happening. Or, you know, not everyone may have the angel talk to them and, and get that full confirmation. So how does someone know if they're baptized with this fire? And if not, how do they get baptized with this fire? Yeah, well, I mean, being quite blunt here, but if you don't know if you've received the fire of the Holy Spirit, it generally means you haven't received the fire of the Holy Spirit. Um, the fact that someone speaks in tongues is absolutely no guarantee at all that you have the fire of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, even, um, what's her name, um, that lady on the Holy Spirit, um, Catherine Kuhlman, she would say the majority of people who speak in tongues have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. If anyone would know, it would be someone like Catherine Kuhlman. So, no, speaking in tongues might be an initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but if you were baptized in the Holy Spirit with fire, you won't have to ask the question because it'll be evident in your life. So a biblical example would be someone like um, Stephen in the Bible was chosen to be a leader because he was known to be filled with the Holy Spirit. How did they know? They can't see it because the Holy Spirit was so evidently working through his life that they said, she's got a good relationship with God, he can be a leader. Imagine if in the United States and around the world, imagine how different church would be if we chose pastors and leaders because they were known to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so your question is, how do you know if you've got it and how do you get it? Well, the good question there is, when does fire fall in the Bible? Fire in the Old Testament only falls on sacrifice. And Jesus asks you to give your life completely 100% over to him. And fire can only fall on a sacrifice, and we are called to be a living sacrifice. So when we do an altar call in a church, we don't say, put your hand up if you want to become a believer. You know what we say? We say, come to the altar and give your entire life up. I'm literally calling people to give everything you have over to him. Give up everything. Give him your entire life, complete surrender. And when people do that, and they surrender everything, all their ambitions, all their motivations, all their selfish ideas, and uh, the carnal mind's dreams and desires are not the same as God's dreams and desires for someone's life. And when they come to God hungry, hungry, if my people call by my name will humble themselves and seek my face, he said, I will hear from heaven, I'll forgive the entire sins of all the people, and I'll even heal the land. That's what the Bible says. 
if we will humble ourselves and seek his face. And it says that God resists the proud. You know what that means? That means when the presence of the Holy Spirit comes down upon the earth like a dove looking for somewhere to land, if we're filled with pride, he will literally look at you, fly away, and land on somebody else. So you've got to think, if you want a dove to land on your shoulders in the natural, you're going to do everything you can to attract it to land upon you. And then you'll live your life differently so that that dove doesn't leave your sight. And so that's what the Holy Spirit can be compared to. He's like a best friend that wants to rest upon you, overshadow you. Do you really think it was Peter's shadow healing the sick? You know what it was? It was what was overshadowing Peter that was healing the sick. It was the Holy Spirit upon Peter that was healing the sick. So my answer for how you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit is only God can give it. Give it to you through a person, but he can give it to you, obviously, directly from God. But the really important thing foremost is sacrifice, give up everything. And the second point would be hunger. You've got to really hunger, not a little bit. Jesus didn't feed 5,000 people who missed lunch. Jesus fed 5,000 people who had missed nine meals, three days of no food. Jesus doesn't feed you when you're hungry. You know when he feeds you? When you're totally starving. That's when wow. he Wow, that's some heavy stuff right there. Wow, check that out. Matthew, that's phenomenal. Um, Thank you so much for sharing that. We are uh, definitely along in this segment, so let's uh, do our next break here. And listeners, you know, a lot of this is these these acts of faith that really make things happen. You know, faith is what pleases God, so you have to take these acts of faith in in a lot of these these cases. And when we come back, we're going to have Matthew continue this with our lesson segment. And uh, let's drill down deeper into this. Let's let's go down the rabbit hole and see how far it leads. So we're going to be right back after... This break here at the Heal the Sick podcast. I'll be right back. Don't nobody go nowhere. Hey guys, Million here with you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Heal the Sick podcast. It is a pleasure to have you. Make sure you visit our website at dominionfire.com, our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash dominionfire. You can find me on Twitter at Healing Minister. And also make sure to visit, thumbs up, and subscribe to our vlog at youtube.com forward slash dominionfirechurch, the D Fire vlog. Thanks for checking out this episode. And now, back to our guest. All right, back on the third segment, Heal the Sick Podcast Millionaire with you. Bases are loaded. Our batter up at the plate, Matthew Morton. Talking about the remnant. And this was interesting. This is one of the first things he said to me when we were talking off air is there's the remnant of believers that stay on fire regardless of the culture. And that's oh, huge. Our culture here in the West is very, um, well, it's a mess. It's the, best, it's the kindest way I could put it right now. And it's important in these times to stay fighting through it, to stay on fire. And as uh, Matthew was saying in the last segment, to keep yourself in check with things like pride and uh, sacrifice. So it's huge. But Matthew, in this segment, we talk about teaching and a lesson or a mini sermon or something to that nature. So for about the next five minutes or so, I'd like for you to share a lesson with our audience, teach something from your heart. What would you like to share with us today? Yeah, awesome. So just quickly, um, if you read in Revelations, it talks about the seven churches, and the last of the seven is the church of Laodicea. Now, you won't hear this preached very often because it, it sounds very negative. If you read the church of Laodicea, it's just you think you have everything, you're known, you've got a reputation for being alive, 
And then it rebukes and it says, you know, but spiritually it says that you're, you're wretched and you're poor. And so people don't preach on it because they think, gee, I don't want to preach on that. That's way too in your face. That's too convicting. But what they don't realize is it's talking about the lukewarm church that Jesus actually died for and he loves, he desperately loves. And then he calls them to repent, but he says it like, you know, true repentance means to live out of a renewed mind with changed thinking. It doesn't mean tell God you're sorry. It means change the way you think and live out of that renewed mind. And so he's calling them to, to change the way they think. Now, that's interesting because in first world cultures like Australia, America, even most of Europe, we get so comfortable with so many distractions that um, anything that actually cools your affections for Jesus is, is actually an idol. Anything. Anything that cools your affection for Jesus is actually an idol. And so if we would repent of all the different idols in our life and change the way we think, you know what it promises in the Church of Laodicea? At the end, it says something incredible. It gives the biggest promise, the most incredible reward that's ever promised in the whole Bible, the entire Bible from beginning to end. You know what it says? It says if you can overcome a lukewarm culture, and I'm paraphrasing greatly, but it says if you can repent and break out of this lukewarmness, this lukewarm culture, he says, guess what? I will grant you the right to sit on my throne. He doesn't say it to any other church. He doesn't say it to the persecuted, poverty-stricken church. He makes that promise to one church, the lukewarm church. He doesn't promise it to any other church. And you know why he does that? Because it's harder to break out of a lukewarm culture and get on fire for God than it is to break out of a cold one because you're so freezing, you'll do anything for the fire. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Dude, that just like almost knocked me out of my chair. That is, You said so many good things in that. Anything that cools your affection for Jesus as an idol, that is the neatest thing ever. And then, oh man, that that's wonderful. Matthew, um, wow. I, I absolutely, that just hit me like right in the spirits. It punched me right in my spiritual face. I love it. And, <laughs> and uh, Matthew, if people want to know more about you, if they want to track you down, they want to find you, they would like to maybe ask you some questions or invite you to where they're at. Where can people find you? Uh, website, email, social media. What, what can you yeah, share I'll give with you us? That. I'll give you everything. I'll start with my personal Facebook account. It's Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-E-W, Morton, M-O-R-T-O-N. And if you type Gold Coast, which is the name of the city on yeah, it should come up number one in that search if you write Matthew Morton Gold Coast. Now, Remnant of Fire is our ministry Facebook site. So search Remnant of Fire. And we're posting all the things that happen in, um, across Europe because we're doing Europe right now. We believe God wants us to revival of Europe. And uh, we've just done North America like Canada. But... Um, USA, we're, we're um, looking at coming to the USA next after this. And then Australia, one of my friends has got Oral Roberts Crusade tent. I don't know how many it seats, but probably 10 to 20,000 people. And uh, we're taking that right around Australia as well. So there's exciting things happening. Um, the website is remnantoffire.com. So, um, yeah, Google Remnant of Fire if you can't find that one. And, um, yeah, we'd love to uh, hear people. And, uh, yeah, we're even open to doing big meetings, small meetings. We don't really mind because um, Jesus cares enough about one soul to stand there at a well and tell one lady that he's, he's the Messiah. So, yeah, we're, we're interested in doing meetings all over the world. And we something interesting about our ministry is that we don't actually just come in and preach and then leave. We actually invest months and months and months until we see salvations, the kingdom of heaven demonstrated. 
and the the grapevine, you know, the miracles start spreading through rumors of the grapevine and the meetings get bigger and bigger. Like we just did meetings in the middle of Manitoba, Canada, which is uh, Mennonite country, which is, if you don't know what Mennonites are, they're kind of like Amish people, <laughs> not quite as you know old-fashioned as Amish. But, you know, they came out to the meetings in the hundreds and um, they kept coming back and back and back because they were seeing miracles and they, they had never come to, uh, you know, charismatic meetings before. So um, we saw a lot of miracles. I mean, one quick story, we had a lady come, she gets prayed for, she gets baptized in fire, she can actually feel flames going through her body as she's baptized in fire, and she goes home, her kids didn't even come to the meeting, her four-year-old comes up to her the next day and goes, Mommy, who's the God of fire? And she goes, why? And you know what the little girl said to her mum? Because the God of fire came into my room last night and told me that he loves me. Okay, Matthew, that's, uh, yeah. All right, here, I got an idea. Normally at this part of the... Uh, segment. We're coming up at the end of the show. Normally what we'll do is we will um, pray for the audience, normally for healing, but I want to do something a little different today. I would like to remove all doubt about what we talked about in the second segment about do you have the fire or do you not? Let's, let's clear this all up once and for all. Listeners, what I'd like you to do is stop what you're doing, get into your uh, little place over there, wherever you're at, take a break for a second. Humble yourself a little bit because, as as we learned in the last segment, that's a huge part of it. So let's uh, let's take a moment here and lay it all down. Matthew, I would like to ask you to please pray for our audience to receive the baptism of fire, as you would anyone else in in your evangelistic work. And let's see what happens for people, and let's light some people up, and we'll get some testimonies after and see what people say after they hear the show. So. Uh, as you do this also, if you want to pray for healing for the audience as well, please feel free to do so. But Matthew, at this time, take us all the way to the amen, please. Okay. Lord Jesus, I just lift up everyone listening to this right now. Lord, I pray that you would just touch them, touch them with the presence and the power and the fire of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that the same fire that fell on the day of Pentecost would fall upon everyone listening to this radio, Lord, that everyone that hears the sound of my voice, Lord, that they would actually connect with the living God, Lord. I pray that the presence and the power and the fire of your Holy Spirit, Lord, would light such a fire that the devil wouldn't even be able to put it out if he tried. Lord, I pray that United States of America will go into the greatest revival that it has ever seen. Lord, I pray that nations would be set ablaze. Lord, that Europe and Australia and Canada would be set on fire with the presence and the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, the Bible says, lay hands on each other and fan into flame the gift. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the gift. And Lord, we pray that you would fan it into fire, Jesus. Fan it into fire. I take authority over sickness in people's bodies. As a man with suicidal thoughts, your kids have left home, you've grown up, and you feel like there's no point to life. Your life feels empty and pointless and you feel pain in your heart, and you think, maybe I should just kill myself because I've got nothing to live for. I want to tell you that God has an incredible destiny for you, and you must not listen to the devil because the devil is a liar. You need to lift up your shield of faith, and you need to block the fiery darts of the enemy. Lord, I just take authority over every suicidal thought that everyone has had, whether they be males or females, including the man, Lord, that you want to target. 
I take authority over the plans of the enemy. I bind every plan, every suicidal thought, and I order it off their lives now. I take authority over every evil and unclean spirit that has tried to deceive anyone. I bind them now, and I order them broken off. Lord, I pray every sickness and disease would be melted by the fire of the Holy Spirit. Cancer, be burnt out of bodies now. Tumors, be burnt out by fire. Arthritis, I take authority over you. I order you out of people's bodies now by the fire of the Holy Spirit. Lord, even broken bones be mended in Jesus' name. I take authority over migraines and headaches, and I order them out of people's heads now. I bind every work of the enemy, and I order them out now in Jesus' name. Lord, touch them with fresh fire from heaven. Amen. Oh boy, amen that one. Uh, sorry, I was uh, I was in my little spirit place. I just working my way back now. <laughs> Matthew, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so so much. It's an uh, absolute pleasure, and I'm glad that you shared this. And you know, I feel that this message and this information contains some amazing things that the enemy was seriously trying to stop because. It took uh, it took some work getting this thing out today, and I thank you for persevering through it with me and uh, and just battling along. I appreciate it. And listeners, anytime, please check out our website at dominionfire.com. I've recorded segments of this for the vlog to kind of show you what goes into the show today, so make sure you check out our vlog for this particular episode at uh, youtube.com forward slash dominionfirechurch. Follow me on Twitter at healingminister, and on facebook.com is facebook.com forward slash dominionfire. Feel free to reach out to us for... Uh, on any of those forms of social media. And if you're not one of those users, you can email us at dominionfirechurch at gmail.com. And here's the thing. If you got some form of experience from Matthew praying for you, I want to hear about it. Tell me what happened to you, your testimony. Your, give me the full report on what happened. And I would love to share that on an upcoming episode, perhaps. So thank you, Matthew. Thank you for joining us. We wish you well out in your uh, out in Europe in your ministry work. Thank and thank you to everybody for listening to the Heal the Sick podcast. It's time to go. Everybody have a blessed day. Love you guys. See you next time. And as we always say here at our ministry, boom, goes Yeshua. See you next time. Yeah.